0: Okay, friend, I have a really important question for you. Right now, in this moment, do you feel confident? Do you feel bold? Do you feel strong? Or are you feeling just full of fear and anxiety and you constantly have this script playing in your mind that says, you can't do this, you're not good enough, Unfortunately, for many of us moms, we show up each day to try and take care of our bodies, but it's coming from a place of fear, and, and we feel like we're on this hamster wheel and can't get anywhere. If this is resonating with you at all, then today's conversation is going to hit home. I am chatting with Amy Debrick, host of the Life on Purpose podcast, and she's also the author of the book Embolden. And we're talking all about overcoming fear and living with confidence. We dig into how our self-care habits are completely impacted by our self-assurance and feelings of confidence. Be sure to stick around all the way to the end because she's going to share one simple thing that you can do today to build your confidence. And it's the type of confidence that has a ripple effect on everything else. You're going to love this episode. Hey friend, my name is Megan Dahlman. As a certified trainer and nutrition coach, I'm on a mission to change the conversation around fitness, nutrition, and taking care of ourselves as moms. If you're tired of restrictive fad diets and all or nothing workouts, and a culture that tries to sell you the lie that your value is tied to the number on the scale, then you're in the right place. I'm here to equip and encourage you to take simple steps towards a healthy life you want for yourself and the people you love. Welcome to Self-Care Simplified. Well, hey, Amy, welcome to the podcast. I am so happy to have you here today. This is going to be a great conversation. I can just tell.
1: Yeah, I'm super excited. And it's so funny before you hit record, we've been connecting <laughs> like, like we've been known each other for the last 20 years. So I'm I'm thrilled. I think it's going to be a great conversation today.
0: I love that. And you're a little bit ahead of me in your parenting journey. You've got Four kids, and, and they're a little bit older. How old
1: are your kids? So, my kids right now are my oldest is 23. So, the do- my daughters are the bookends, so oldest and youngest, but it goes 23, 21, 19, and 16.
0: Okay. So, my boys, I have two boys, and I know you've got two boys too. My boys are 11 and nine. So, tell me, is it possible to survive these tween years and the <laughs> teenage
1: years? Because, man, it is, it is oh. definitely possible. It is definitely possible. Yes. I, I, you know, I think, I think more so of the hormones and all of that really play into just the, the strife and, and conflict and, you know, moods and attitudes and all of that. But I think it's possible. People just say like, oh my gosh, the teen years and you want to just flee. But, you know, honestly, those are the kind of those times where I felt like we wanted to dig in more. If that mm-hmm. makes sense, mm-hmm. um, I, I certainly don't think it's the time to take our hands off the wheel. You know, I think it's that when they're really like, the babies and they they need us the most. But I also think it's those teen years that it's really important to kind of dig in as well. And, uh, despite what they think or say, but you know, recently I had my boys on my podcast. I
0: was just going to bring that up because I listened to that episode. It was so good. So I have to say, I don't know what you're about to say, but, but since that episode where you were chatting with your boys, I have since had some conversations with them in the car on Mm. purpose with my boys. So (laughs) yeah,
1: Well, it was funny because, you know, I kind of felt that, but it was more of an accidental occurrence for me when those things just kind of happened because it's funny too, because, and I'm sure like with your two boys, you know, my four kids are all different personalities. And one of my sons is a a more better communicator and my other one is not great at all. But when you want to have important conversations, nobody seems to be a great communicator, especially with boys. And so it just kind of seemed like, it was certain times. And so it was nice hearing them kind of say, yes, these were actually the best times. And this is why maybe they felt less threatened. Um, My one son even said, you know, when you're on your way somewhere, he knew that there would be kind of a conclusion to the conversation. And so that allowed him to feel at ease even having a discussion. And so, you know, I I, I like to take all those things in as as a learning lesson, because I think it's really important to to share that with younger moms. I mean, I didn't know that it was just kind of a trial and error, you know, as you go, but, um, you know, my, my sister had three girls and so, um, you just, you know, you take what you can and and you do the best with it. Well, I
0: love that. And I know that you have quite a story, um, as a, as a cancer survivor and an author, can you give us just a quick peek into that story and, and why you're on a mission today to embolden women with confidence?
1: For me, confidence does, and I know we're going to talk about self-care, really has to do a lot of um, how I wasn't living in self-care when I didn't have the confidence. Um, I don't know that people always relate those two things together, but when you are living a life filled with fear, and um, I had two major tragedies happen um, early on in our marriage, um, which really kind of catapulted years, over 15 years of living with a lot of fear and anxiety, And when you're doing that, it affects your overall self-care and, um, and it wasn't until I had that cancer diagnosis that really flipped the switch for me on, okay, I'm either going to not keep taking care of myself because the fear and anxiety, even though I was somebody who presented well, and I say presented well in the sense where you might not have even known that I was dealing with all of that behind the scenes, but it does affect your health and, um, and, 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 what's going on inside. And so it was really kind of that moment of where I had to make a decision. If I was going to keep letting the fear run my life and what that would look like, or I was going to use this, uh, cancer diagnosis and facing my own mortality, which at that point was my worst fear coming true to really live on purpose. And what that looked like Aside of just a healthy diet and getting exercise, which I always did. There's more to self-care than that. And so I really needed to surrender those things um, that I couldn't control to God for an overall self-care for my, my mental health and my soul care. In addition to just the typical, which we think is just diet and exercise.
0: Completely. And I, I see so many women where they're driven towards taking care of their body because they're afraid of a bunch of things. You know, they're afraid of what people think of them, kind of the, their perspective how they're being perceived or they're afraid of getting a big old diagnosis like you did. They're afraid of um going to the doctor the next time and them handing them just these tight rules of okay, this is it, like we got to actually buckle down now. Like there's this fear driving them. And so I, that's why I'm really excited to have this conversation because we do tend to operate from such a place of fear and insecurity as women in every area of our life, but especially the self-care side where we take care of ourselves and how we show up to take care of ourselves rather, for, rather than from a place of boldness and confidence. So my hope is that our chat will really infuse the mom that's listening right now with this heavy dose of confidence and courage instead, and that she's going to be able to walk away feeling, okay, I actually have confidence and courage in place of where I had this fear. So why is self-care and living life on purpose so important to you right now?
1: I think for me, um, and especially as a, a mom, I realized that I wasn't really living at all. And even though I had, um, you know, one of the big tragedies early on was we, uh, our firstborn son had passed away at four months old unexpectedly. And so even though like I said I had gone on and I had four more children and they were healthy and all of that you know when you are constantly living in a state of fear and anxiety your mind is always running and you never really have that rest or peace and so you miss things that are right happening right in front of you in the present and so I missed a lot of moments with my four other kids because I was always on that hamster wheel I was I wasn't mentally sound in and and have that security in myself and in who God, um, and who God was in my life, because I was so fearful of the next, whatever thing might happen. And so I I think it was that diagnosis really, it, it just brought me to a place where I didn't want that anymore. And I certainly didn't want my kids to have that in their life, because the reality is, we don't know, what we're going to experience in our life and I didn't want to not only carry that burden myself anymore but I felt like it was a second chance not only for me but what I could really model for my own children and how they can deal with hard things in their life and because you know we see today how, uh, how many kids are depressed and um, struggle with anxiety and all of that and 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 for me it was just circumstance just because of two major things that had happened. Although I don't know that it always has to be that way for that long. You know, I think obviously grief as a, as a process and, and, and how we deal with that, but I think I held on to it longer than necessary. And I, and I would love to have my mission and that's what life on purpose was created for is to shorten that duration for the next person. And, you know, and maybe it's even one of my children. I don't know, but, um, that was really kind of my my goal in, in doing that, it was just so important that I need the self-care, not only for myself, but what I'm, I'm pouring out to my family.
0: Can you talk a, a little bit about that moment when you realized, like you realized you were just living in fear and anxiety, and that was kind of ruling your life every day. And, and that switch that flipped for you. And when you kind of woke up to it and you're like, Whoa, I'm going to, I'm going down this path. I'm going to choose to go a different path. What did that look like for you?
1: after my diagnosis i i was so i had been so burdened with fear that it was just an opportunity that i took and i think that like you had kind of mentioned before it is a choice that we have to make and you get to that crossroads and you have to decide am i going to keep doing what i'm doing or am i going to make a change here and i I was burned out with the fear and anxiety and I felt like, okay, well, this is a cancer diagnosis. This isn't, this isn't a, what if now it's here. And so, um, I just felt like I, that was my decision to surrender it. And I'm like, God, you know, whatever it will be, it will be. And I need to let that go. And, and I, and in that moment, it was like a huge burden had already been lifted off of me. Now having said that, and I tried to make sure I'm really careful about saying this, is that since then, my whole life has changed, but because every day for me is a a daily choice to surrender, it's not necessarily a one and done. And so, you know, I think part of self-care is, um, just like any other discipline, is that you have to choose to do it as a daily routine and it's not just something that all of a sudden you just do. And then, you know, because we all know with every, anything we're doing, when we have great intentions, if we're not doing it regularly as part of a priority in our life or a part of our self-care that is a need and not just a want, um, we fall off the wagon and then we can go right back to where we were. And I really try to be intentional about not letting that happen because I've already seen the benefits And just my confidence and and my communication and my relationships and my marriage and in my parenting from surrendering it and giving it to God every day. And so that was really the shift in me to kind of not only move ahead, but also then pour into others through the podcasting and my writing and all of that.
0: So as a confident, I mean, what you would probably say a confident woman today, it doesn't mean what I'm, I'm hearing between the lines here. It doesn't mean that you're now a different person. It just means that you're surrendering over that fear each day. It sounds like this is like, we have this expectation that, Oh, I will, I will arrive at one point where this won't be a struggle for me anymore. just like it is with our fitness or nutrition, like I can't wait for the day that I'm like a natural athlete and I don't have to think about this anymore. And yeah, things get a little easier the more it's habitual, but it sounds like it's still something, even as a quote unquote confident woman today, you're still probably having to surrender those thoughts on a daily
1: basis. Yeah. And I think that that's what helps my com- my confidence has grown because of that, because I have a willingness to to surrender that fear. I, and I always say, you know, fear is normal. It is normal for everybody, but courage gets the final say. Well, the only reason courage gets the final say is because we have to choose it. We have to trust God with, with, with the things we we don't know and move ahead. And that's where my confidence comes from. It comes from trusting in him because I've already done all the other stuff. I've already tried to fix it on my own and for years it didn't work. And that's where I ended up where I was. And so there's a confidence to trusting him and whatever whatever it's going to look like whatever it's going to be and just keep trying to be obedient and be intentional and that's where the self-care just naturally kind of occur, occurs and that's where the confidence just naturally occurs in the other things because you there isn't that fear anymore of of what ifs it's just tackling okay what is and knowing that i can handle it and this is why you know because i'm walking in christ and i'm trusting him through the process
0: If you could compare like what your self-care looks like today compared to what it looked like when you were in that place of letting fear and anxiety kind of run your days, how is it different now when it's coming from a place of confidence and courage versus fear?
1: I think before, because I was so much just on that hamster wheel, I was kind of doing, but I wasn't really thinking about it, if that makes any sense. So like, yes, I was, I was working out, I was doing the things that typically you would do, but I wasn't doing them necessarily for self-care purposes. I was just doing them because I just, that's what you do, right? You know, you have kids and you you try to stay in shape and, you know, but I wasn't doing it necessarily for the right reason. Now I'm just more intentional, you know, especially as I've gotten older, um, self-care for me is a lot of mental rest. It's a lot of taking a pause, reflecting on, um, you know, what I'm doing, uh, maybe a conversation, maybe a a parenting experience or, uh, interaction. Um, so it's, it's a little bit more of just the physical that you think of, or just eating right. You know, it, it could be a shift in instead of, you know, we're, we're getting to spring and summertime. And I always say, everybody wants to lose those five to 10 vanity pounds for, you know, bathing suits are coming and shorts and all that. And instead of um, bombarding ourselves with just running on the treadmill or saying, you know, I'm, I I can't do this. It's maybe we're flipping our self-talk now to, okay, well, how can I, you know, how can I not go crazy trying to lose these five or 10 pounds or do what I think needs to be done. But how can I maybe just eat better 80% of the time and, you know, 20% of the time, just, you know. Indulge or let go or, or let that go or whatever my expectation is. I mean, it's more of a, for me, it just became, everything became more intentional. Everything became a little bit clearer in how I was talking to myself and how I was treating myself, even with small things. You know, one of the things, um, Hannah Brentcher, years ago, I had interviewed her. And we were talking about health care or self-care and one of the things that she did that i thought was incredible and i think this is really helpful to build confidence in women especially moms of littles and you're busy and you're tired and you're exhausted and you feel like you can never get any a, a, enough done but she kind of set that aside and she took what she calls 15 minutes of self-care and so instead of saying oh my gosh this it's going to take me two hours to, you know, clean my house or, and then you feel self defeated, right? When we don't accomplish those tasks that we have for ourselves at the end of the day, she took a small chunk of time, like 15 minutes. She did whatever the top things were that were actually like mentally or visually like bugging her, like, okay, this little area is a disaster. I'm going to take 15 minutes, buzz around, get this area done. And then, you know, voila, I, I, I mastered something. I feel good about it in myself it's self-care for me. It's, it's self-care for my household. And just, it's just all of that I think has really become just more, everything has been an intentional shift once, uh, once I really surrendered all of that.
0: When it always seems like once you do take, you know, just those little 15 minutes of self-care, it could even be like just five minutes. It seems like, the momentum gains, you know, it's like a snowball that starts rolling just a little bit quicker. You start to feel the effects of that self-care. You start to feel it in a healthy way. You start to gain more confidence and then it just grows and grows to that point where you're really confident in what you're doing and that it's actually starting to really make a difference. So let's talk more about confidence and this concept of self-esteem because I feel like self-esteem is one of those words that we hear a lot in, in kind of like secular circles and in within Christian circles, it's like, well, let's not say that, you know, (laughs) like, because we almost like make this connection between like self-esteem and like selfishness or pride or self-importance. So how, how are those different? Like how is self-esteem different than self-importance and pride and, and where does confidence kind of fit into this conversation? Hey, let me ask you a quick question. How was your nutrition last summer? Your eating habits? Now be honest with me. (laughs) If I had to guess, you frequently felt thrown off of your normal schedule. You didn't want to cook. You were in vacation mode half the time and you just plain struggled to eat healthy. Am I right? Maybe one too many Trulies at the lake or cheeseburgers at the drive-in. Summer is tough for good nutrition, especially when the kids are home and schedules are haywire and everybody just wants to have fun, which is exactly why I want to help you go into it prepared this time. No more winging it and fooling yourself into thinking you're just going to eat seasonal fresh produce and make good choices all on your own, because you're not. (laughs) You probably won't, but I don't want you to diet either. So, I am super pumped to share this because my team here at Vigeo has been really busy behind the scenes preparing for our first ever Self-Care Simplified virtual event. And holy moly, this is going to be amazing. For Summer Eat Fit, we are bringing in some of the very best speakers and influencers in the biz to teach you how you and your family can have a blast this summer while still eating healthy. We're going to be talking easy summer cooking, kitchen organizing, road trip tips, summer snack ideas for the kiddos, even entertaining ideas, and so much more. We are packing it full of demos, tips, and practical solutions for everything summer nutrition related. Believe me when I say this is not to be missed. It's happening soon. We are going to go live June 9th and 10th, right before summer goes into full swing and I want to see you there it's totally free so go grab your spot right now at selfcare.events I'll say it again go to selfcare.events to grab your free spot for this event and make sure to tell at least 10 of your mom friends too because this is going to be amazing how is self-esteem different than self-importance and pride? And and where does confidence kind of fit into this conversation?
1: Well, I think for me, it's that lines, and I agree with you. I think over the years, it, it can become blurred, and so sometimes then you feel like, oh gosh, well I can't I can't say I'm self-assured, or it'll be that I'm too prideful. I think you can be, but for me, it's always adding that piece of knowing who I am in Christ. And so Mm -hmm. that's what allows me to be confident, be self-assured. It's because I'm walking alongside of him and he has already, you know, it's instead of looking for the world to give me my identity, I know my identity in Christ first. And so that allows me to be more confident in who I am. And then I'm less apt to want to compare myself to other people's lives or, you know, I mean, we, we see it everywhere, right? On social media and all of those places, it's easy to fall into. But I think if you have that in your core, where you already have established your identity and worth in Christ, you have a natural level of confidence. So it's a little bit easier to combat or find yourself in those spaces where you feel like, um, you're falling into that comparison and then starting to doubt yourself and feel bad about yourself and your situation. And so I think it's really important to be grounded in what Christ says you are first. And then I think it's always a healthy, healthy way and a healthy self-esteem to move ahead and, and be confident in who you are for sure.
0: Well, and it almost seems like this type of self-esteem or self-assurance that's grounded or rooted in Christ it's so outside of our actions right it's it's like square one ground level that's there before you do anything before you lift a dumbbell before you eat a vegetable like that is who you are that is your identity whereas if you're coming from a place where you're like i'm going to show up and take care of myself so that it gives me more confidence <laughs> so that i can put on the clothes and finally be happy about myself you know like where you're looking for those actions to be the source of your confidence. Whoa, very different, right?
1: Hugely different, hugely different. And I love that you pointed that out because it's, you know, two different sources, basically of what you're saying is creating a happiness and contentment and level of confidence in you. It's either going to be self-driven or it's going to be God-driven. And so I, I love that. And I, and I do think it does spill over into all of that, whether it's what we're eating or working out or parenting or whatever it is. Um, I think if you are grounded in the way that God sees you first and how you identify in him, it does change the game and in, in how everything else, um, plays out. And how you see everything else.
0: I could not agree more with that. Like, it's so true. And I felt that in my own life, you know, I feel like as women, we've all gone, gone through moments of, you know, showing up to that workout because you're, you're just desperate to put on the suit and look better in it versus showing up to a workout where you're like, this is just me stewarding a body that I know God loves so much. Like what a different, like the workout might look exactly the same, but that motive is entirely different. And one is coming from a place of love versus the other one coming from a place of like fear
1: and lack. Yes, absolutely.
0: Can you share maybe some practical ways that women can overcome their insecurities and build up that God focused self-esteem and maybe turn some of like our self-talk, you know, the things that we're saying in our mind of like, I can't, I can't do this. I'm not capable of this into actually statements of "I, I can, I'm confident that I can.
1: I always say first, you know, I would really take a pause, I think we are definitely in a world that thrives on more and more and busy and busy. And so when you are constantly on that hamster wheel, it is really hard to sit and reflect on your priorities. And so the first thing I always recommend is, you know, take that moment, whether it's five minutes or 15 minutes or an hour, if you have it great, if you don't, and take five minutes and decide what is the area of of your life that you really need to focus on right now. You know, I think we get caught up in a lot of different things. We say a lot of yeses to things that we probably shouldn't. And so I think it's really good to prune those back, sit down and really figure out what is the priority? What do you need to focus on right now in relation to your own self care? And then start with that. And then really, like I said, maybe you spend five minutes initially or 15 minutes on that specific thing. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's not cleaning your house. Maybe it's, uh, uh, maybe it is just um, sitting and, and picking foods uh, that you wanna add to your grocery list. Maybe it's being a little bit more intentional about that. Maybe it's just uh, sitting and pausing and praying. It could just be that, you know what I mean? Whatever it is that you feel like you're lacking, identify it and then take that intentional time, whatever the time is that you have, And really devote that time to your self-care. And I think the other thing too, is sometimes we, like we had said initially, you know, we think of self-care differently, but self-care can be everything from taking time for yourself, pausing and praying, um, picking out, you know, uh, healthy foods for ourselves. It's whatever the intention is that's going to fuel into feeling more confident, feeling good about um, who God says you are and actually believing it and living it. And so, um, it's going to look different for everybody, but it, it's just that intentionality of sitting, identifying it, and then really spending the time to do it. And like I said, it doesn't have to be a major amount of time. It can be just 15 minutes of self-care a day in that one particular area that you are really desperate for it. Um, and, and, and the other thing is don't, uh, don't undermine what that looks like either, you know, when I say, like, so let's say you, you are, you know, you want to eat healthier, you want to lose a few pounds or whatever it is, it doesn't always have to be about losing weight, maybe you just want to shift your diet to some healthier, you know, options. But well, you can't do that. If you're constantly in a, that rush mode, and you're just, you know, running to the store and picking, maybe that's what you take your 15 minutes for. And you just sit down and maybe research a couple of good swaps, or something like that, That's self care, you know, I think we have a skewed version of self-care has to look a certain way, but it's really whatever it is that's going to make you feel, like I said, more confident and secure in who Christ already says that you are. Um, and then just be intentional about it. But I think that there's a lot of a lot of easy ways to do that and, and to flip our self-talk for sure.
0: I had a client I was talking with one time and she said that for years, she pictured self-care as it meant a spa day with like wine and floating flowers in a bowl. Like she's like, I didn't realize that it didn't have to look like that because she said that that wasn't my personality anyway. I didn't really want to do that. Like I was kind of more of the adventurous type. And, and so she kind of always shied away from like, the conventional ideas of what self-care is. And you're absolutely right. Self-care is really just advocating for yourself in the moment of like, this is something that's going to nurture my own body and soul. And there is nothing wrong with that. Cause I mean, don't you think like as women we're like, if I carve out this time for self-care, this is me being selfish. I mean, how can we overcome that talk? Because that is a big voice in our brain in that moment.
1: One of the biggest things about that is first just recognizing that um, we can't really pour into others if we're not pouring into ourselves first. And I think one of the things that always is, makes it a little bit easier in that transition of changing our mindset that we don't have to feel guilty or bad for doing that is that's why one of the reasons I only start with like 15 minutes. You know, for you, for someone who like the, your client who said, you know, a spa day that wasn't her personality anyway maybe you need peace and quiet for 15 minutes so maybe you need to walk outside by yourself have when your kids are taking a nap or or you know doing a little maybe they're watching something and you just walk outside in your and get some peace or take in the fresh air or whatever it is for 15 minutes there why there wouldn't be anything wrong with that but i think the more we get used to doing that and having it become a, just a practice the less guilt and shame we add to it, you know, we're adding that guilt and shame. There's nothing shameful about it. We're just naturally doing that. And I think part of that happens more in women anyway, because we're caretakers and we feel like, well, gosh, we shouldn't be taking away from, from others. But in reality, are we really taking away from others or are we actually offering them more or a better version of us? by just really hammering our own self-care for those few minutes a day and really refueling what we need to be the best version for them.
0: I love that so much. So as a mom of four, now that your kids are like in these adult years now, how have you taught your children to take time for their own self-care and overcome that fear and maybe build confidence in their life? Because I feel like right now, as I'm teaching my boys about self-care, it's so much like hygiene. (laughs) (laughs) and like, please just eat an apple today. Like something that came from the produce section, you know, it feels like, so just simple and minimal, which is exactly what we're talking about. But what are some of the ways that you have taught your kids along the way?
1: Well, definitely hygiene and and definitely diet. And, And some things I always say, you know, parenting in general doesn't age out. So I just left, my kids on the, uh, my three older ones on the West coast. And I'm, you know, I'm looking through their groceries. I'm watching what they're eating. You know, they, they laugh. Um, but I think at this stage in age, it becomes a little less about how many vegetables you're getting in because they, they know how to eat now. Um, even if they're not doing it on a regular basis, so I want them to do it, but they do have the skills down. So now with them entering into adulthood and I see different stresses in, in their lives, whether it's work, um, I've got two, I've got one in grad school, one an undergrad, and then uh, my oldest son is in the Navy. So they have different stress levels. And so that's where I'm incorporating this other type of self-care where go out for a walk every day for 15 to 30 minutes, get some fresh air, um, you know, if you need to, um, find a mentor, talk to somebody, um, teaching them how to communicate better. Um, just certain things that I want them to develop as good self-care skills for like having that as a foundation for when they're entering into adulthood, because like I said, you know, I mean, obviously my situation is unique to me. Um, most 25 year olds don't go through two major tragedies within 16 days of each other. Like I said, my oldest son passed away and my oldest brother within 16 days of each other Unrelated, but I want them to have those foundational skills ready at their disposal. I want them to become like blinking, like, a, like a brushing their teeth, like the hygiene, you know what I mean? Like we start with one thing, but All of those things will build on each other. And then something they have to fall back on should, or, you know, something happen, or should they come through a rough patch with, you know, school or, you know, my son's getting ready for another deployment, all of those things, when you have a lot of unpredictable, you know, pieces that happens into adulthood, as you know, um, those are the things that I'm really trying to focus on with them now for their self-care and how that looks, and how they can carry that into forever. It's not just something that's a one and done. These are skills, and I try to say, you know, these are things that have been helpful for me. And I, and I, that's the beauty of, of of parenting and having mentors. And I've had, I have mentors that help me out um, that are just ahead of me. And so I encourage that at every stage. You know, what I take in from others. I want to pour into my children as well. And so I always think that, and I want them to do the same. I want them to take what they know and maybe pour into somebody that's not quite where they're at and, um, and kind of get that, that flow going for the long-term in their adult life. Absolutely.
0: And isn't it so much easier when we are modeling that for them? on our end. <laughs> you know, we want certain things for our kids. We look at them at every stage of life and it's like, I want you to be, first of all, healthy. I want you to take care of your body well, but I also want you to take care of your mental health. Well, you know, my 11 year old is kind of in and out with a counselor right now. He's just, you know, tween age, <laughs> it's just rough. And like, he doesn't see the, the value of like, Having those hard conversations, he'd rather like avoid it and not deal with his feelings. And it's like, buddy, if I can at least model that for you, like how valuable it is to press in and to lean in these moments where you do have to do the hard work of taking care of yourself in every way. It's going to be so much easier for them to do that when they see that you're doing it too.
1: Well, I agree with you, and I am a huge advocate of. Um, any type of therapy, you know, talking to somebody and sometimes, you know, I mean, I, I think that it has benefited, uh, you know, my kids in the past of what I can share and what the things that I have gone through. And I, and because of the grief that I had experienced, I had gone through therapy and, um, you know, medication and all of the things, um, the medication was the shortest term for me, but, I think it's really important to promote that, that open communication, that dialogue to to really get to the root of the problem and have them know how to um, have a handle on it and how they can actually be intentional about working toward their own self-care. I'm not saying I'm not a fan of um, medication and sometimes it is needed. Absolutely. And I, and I think that that is, you know, the right thing to do, but I also think even more so than that is being able to have um, therapy with someone who can actually help you really, uh, peel back all the layers and really address what's happening. Even if you need something in addition to that, but to really figure out like, okay, what can I do or why is this happening? Number one, and what can I do to help myself in the future with this?
0: As we're kind of winding down here at the end, I I want to break this down because I always like to leave the moms that are listening just with something super simple, you know, we're self-care simplified. So if we can just simplify things and and kind of break it down, what would you say is one simple thing that the mom that's listening right now that she can do today to just build her confidence up even just like one notch?
1: I would say the, the simplest thing to do is take your, I can't and flip it into how can I, And sometimes that can be just as simple as saying, instead of how, you know, I can't, I can't, you know, sign up for one more thing, or I can't, um, I can't do this. I I can't lose these five pounds or I can't change my diet or whatever it is to something maybe is how can I say no to something that is not necessary a priority right now in my life? How can I, how can I confidently say no to that? How can I, like I said earlier, maybe just do some food swaps and pick better options? How can I take 15 minutes and devote it to whatever self-care that I need right now desperately in my life? And it's, they're very simple. It's just a matter of taking the time to do it, but don't overdo it. That's the biggest thing I think as women, we do is we overcomplicate when I, and I love that you're saying one simple thing. Just do one of those things, whether it's just take the 15 minutes, decide where you need the self-care and do it, or, you know, make the little list of whatever you want to do for a swap or make a list of where you need to say no, but just do one thing because that, like you said earlier, that's, what's going to make you feel confident to do it for the next thing. And then they just build, it's like a, it's like a um, slow build, but it makes a huge impact at the end.
0: Gosh, that's so true. We are so bad as like, oh, I'll do one simple thing from each category.
1: (laughs) Just do one for one. One for
0: one. I love it. It's a good word. Well, where can we go to hear more from you, to listen to your podcast, to grab your book? Where can we find out more, Amy?
1: You can go to my website at amydebrick.com. And actually in June... Um, I'm going to be launching, uh, the confidence course. So if anybody is interested in kind of diving a little bit deeper, doing some, um, more one-on-one coaching or group coaching, I'm going to be doing that. Um, and you can get the book Embolden, um, which is really, we call our first brave step, um, anywhere books are sold online and, uh, yeah, I'd love to connect with you. You can DM me, um, I'm on Instagram. My handle's, um, Amy Debrick and you can connect with me there.
0: awesome. Well, we'll be sure to link all of that in the show notes. Um, your name is not the easiest to spell.
1: No, it is not. It
0: is not. So I'll make sure it's spelled appropriately in the show notes so that you don't have to guess and try to make it right. And we'll make sure all those links are there. Well, this has been such a great conversation, Amy. I feel like we could go on forever, but we'll have to do it again at another point. And so hopefully all the moms listening are like, okay, I can, turn these, I can'ts into, I can, and actually just do a little bit today to, to gain that momentum and build up my confidence.
1: Yeah. Well, I pray that they do that. And I know that they can. So I I hope they feel encouraged after this conversation.
0: I have one more thing for you before I sign off. When I first started this podcast, when I had no idea what I was doing and I was spending hours and hours on every single episode, editing audio and mixing music, which I've never been trained in, by the way, and I was literally putting final touches on each episode minutes before it would go live. The thing that kept me going was your encouragement. Just knowing that you would get major value out of those 30 minutes of listening that week was everything to me. So awesome. And it still is. Now that we're hundreds of episodes in and the way this podcast is produced has changed, your ratings and reviews are still everything. It's literally what makes or breaks a podcast show. So if you have not yet spent the 20 seconds it takes to go leave a review and rate the show, go do that today. It definitely keeps me encouraged, but it also really helps other women just like yourself discover this podcast and get blessed by it too. Your words matter. Now go take care of that now, and I will meet you back here next week for more Self-Care Simplified. Until then, be strong.